Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Howdy. It's 11:38. talking quarterback play with Kevin Kelly. And now Michael Felder joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Great to have Michael back and uh, always fun to have coaching, obviously, especially this cool new open. You are the best around. That's My- the nicest thing you ever said. Buddy, I'm going to say more nice things before the day's over. Michael, welcome. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are great. We are great. Thank you for asking for a uh, early August day. Camp starts this week, so you know I blinked, Michael, and the off season's over. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's gone, man. I um, I spent all last week uptown at ACC Media Day, so I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like, woo! Like it was that was my that was the switch. I didn't have it when I was in Chicago, just because I wasn't doing media days as much, but now I'm right back into it and walking into that atrium, walking down Radio Row, it's like, yep, it's here. Time to get going. As a guy who calls Central Arkansas, I'm rooting for Florida State and Michael Norvell. Uh, They got picked second, I believe, behind Clemson in the ACC. What do you think about the stack over there? I think think we might get that rematch that everybody was talking about. When I was there, kind of the buzz um, was just the, the idea that Florida State is getting closer to where we want them to be as a football team. And I think that's really fun. It's really important for the league. And there are two separate things. There's folks from an interleague standpoint thinking Florida State has to be good um, so that because who else can – who could be the third team or who could be a team, a surprise team, whether it's Pitt or Louisville or whoever. And then from the outside looking in, from a national perspective, everyone was like, no, Florida State just has to be good. they got to beat LSU. And then even if they lose to Clemson, they have to have that rematch with Clemson so that you're looking at an 11-1 Florida State taking on a, a, a 12-0 Clemson or vice versa. And I think that's going to be kind of the most interesting things for the league. And if you limp in at 10-2, uh, if you're Florida State uh, coming off of that, obviously the LSU game and losing to Clemson as well, you come in at 10-2, it's not nearly as um, remarkable as when you come in with, with that full-strength 11-1 type record. Yeah. I don't think we've had you on since SEC Media Days either. Um, yeah. The, one of the things that stood out, and there wasn't a lot this year, but it was the fumbling around, I guess, by Jimbo Fisher when he was asked about the yeah. dynamic between he and Bobby Petrino and how they're going to handle that. What did you Ooh. make of that, and how do you expect that to go? Is it going to work out, or is it going to be an issue? I mean, that's up to Jimbo, honestly. It's up to him. Because uh, this could be a nightmare, or this could be a dream. And... The reality of it is when a guy that is so confident in what he does, like Jimbo, when he has to make a choice that says, hey, I'm not that good, I need somebody else to run this, you gotta, you got you to eat some of your own pride a little bit. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this dynamic works out. And if they don't have results early, then Jimbo, I, I think, is going to start to put his hands in the, you know, put his hands in the batter. But if it works out early. I think Jimbo will feel more comfortable taking that step back. But it's one of those things where, you know, it's not just too many cuffs. It's also uh, ego and it's, it's, it's control over how we do things, when we do things, when we call plays, how we call plays. And I'm, listen, as a man, not a huge Bobby Petrino guy, but as a football coach, love what he brings to the table in terms of working levels. He's part, Bobby Petrino is a big part of the reason why I'm excited for Braum at Bull, mm-hmm. like, and why we love Braum at, at, at Purdue. And so, all those things kind of work hand in hand, and so I'm looking forward to watching him play, um, or watching him coach, and seeing what he gets out of these players. Last night, Michael, we uh, we had an event. Uh, we call it Countdown to Kickoff, and we had some current mm-hmm. Razorback players, some former players up there. And one of the things we did last night was uh, honor Ryan Mallett, who 
you know, passed away yes. far too soon. And a guy with extreme arm talent, an incredible guy, and just a fun guy to be around. He was with us actually at the event the, the previous year. Tyler Wilson, who's the all-time leading passer just ahead of Ryan at Arkansas, was with us and talked a little bit about it. You know, his fallen teammate, and they also couldn't help he and some of his other teammates getting into uh, the dealing with Petrino. You know, and that's been long, right. pretty long uh, chronicled, I guess, of dealing with him. I never really heard a whole lot about Lamar having issues with him over Louisville during his Heisman year, but I, I want to do a documentary called "Surviving Petrino." Michael, I think it would be very compelling. Yeah. The guy makes people better, but he he certainly scars some people as well. Yeah, he's listen. He coaches you like a grown man. Like he don't just know this isn't no baby back. You know, whatever. Like this is for real. Like I you do what I do, do it my way. I'm the one. Like he he walks in. He said like, he walks in like he's the smartest man in the room, and he pushes everybody to get better. And if you don't do it his way, you can you can you can find out the highway. And so it's just it's been interesting to watch that. Obviously, from the, from Arkansas from the Arkansas standpoint, talking to folks that work with the Falcons, operate short stint there, and then. Looking at talking to Louisville folks because he's in the ACC, he was in the ACC, and it just is one of those things where this guy knows what he's talking about. And um, look, I, I I worked for a long time with a guy who played under uh, Paul, mm-hmm. and uh, when he was in Blue to Illinois, and Paul was kind of the same way. And Brom kind of came up through that system, which is why I am excited for Louisville uh, because he gives you the thing with Petrino is he does give you leeway, right? Like from a locker room standpoint, he lets you guys hang out. But when it's time to work, you better show up with your, with your lunch pail. You better show up with your show. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I, th- I think that the, the uh, you know everybody's asking about the Petrino Fisher marriage. I think it could be even better than everybody thinks for the possibility of we're talking about all these things about Tr- Petrino. When he's a head coach, he can get away with saying and doing whatever he's doing with the players, yeah. and he's tough, tough, tough. As an assistant, you got to back off a little bit, and I think that backing off might be the magical thing that puts him up a notch higher because he can't be quite as harsh, quite as difficult, because, man, it is a it, it is a very shock value to get used to a guy like that mm-hmm. because he's like mm-hmm. he's as hard as everybody says. And I think it could be good with him and his assistant. I'm, I think he might be a better assistant than he is a head coach. Is Jimbo a player's coach kind of atmosphere culture guy? He is. He is. And I think yeah. that's the perfect marriage between a guy like Petrino, because I don't think Jimbo's got a choice. Everybody's like, well, if Jimbo can swallow his pride, I don't think he's got a choice. I think he had to hire him and to keep sure. and not, not nullify that big contract he's got and get out of a buyout if they want to fire him or whatever. But but I think it's the perfect marriage because Jimbo's going to now be able to provide more relational stuff with the players in a better atmosphere, and Bobby Petrino can't hurt it as badly as he does and I'm a big Bobby Petrino fan. He told me the reason he is like he is, and I and I get it. But I think he it? won't be able to hurt it, huh? Why is he? A really, really tough story that happened to him, a kind of a betrayal thing in the NFL. Hmm. I'll tell you off the air. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Talking to Michael Felder on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Have you, has that been your experience, Michael? You agree with that? No, I, I think that I think Coach is, is probably spot on. Uh, taking something off your plate. We saw it happen with Steve Sarkeesian, right? I still don't know if he's a good head coach, mm-hmm. but I know that he's a really good offensive coordinator, and I think those are two completely different jobs. And for Petrino, there's probably going to be a want to have more control, uh, which is kind of to me feels a little different from uh, Sark when he was whether he was in the NFL or he was at Alabama. But the point remains the same: you don't have that much control, or you can't have that much control. The head coach has that control. The head coach designs all those things, and he's listening to people that aren't you, uh, not or aren't just you in terms of input on how to handle situations and how to handle his players. So I think that's a good thing. 
Jimbo can circle back, focus in on this team as a unit, right? We were all underwhelmed by A&M a season ago. Everyone, like to the team. We're all underwhelmed by them a season ago. Mm-hmm. And Haynes King is now, you know, out the building. We'll see what they're going to get. But this is one of those things with, um, with, with respect to Petrino where – Petrino multiple times has had to what do we call humble himself right yep. like the the NFL situation that was that was really hard for him to take and then obviously the Arkansas situation which you guys are I'm sure well aware of mm. that was rough going back to Louisville okay I guess this is what we're going to do so it's going to be interesting to see what is it Cutter Wegman and Max Johnson are there and we'll see what this looks like but man I am. It's all about levels with, with Petrino. For Petrino, all he has to do is worry about levels and worry about finding spots where guys sit down versus keep running uh, with respect to his wide receivers and his tight end spot. I think we've got an opportunity to watch him really get back to, you know, kind of get back to brass tacks. Uh, Michael, you know, I don't normally write swear words in the lineup, but I had to today. Right. My, my lineup reads uh, under college sports, Arch Manning's about a valuable card, UCA All-Americans, the GAC, and what the F, Iowa State. Um, can you yeah. can you make any sense of this? Their starting quarterback in all 12 games last year has now been caught up in this gambling deal as more details come out. And in addition to that, Coach, we were talking about the Broncos earlier and Russell Wilson's return with Peyton uh, as his head coach. They've got a guy who uh, played for them last year and now has been suspended indefinitely because he's an Iowa State guy too because he bet on Broncos games. I mean, Michael, listen, here's the deal. I don't think this is terribly hard to understand. I mean, you're not really supposed to be gambling as a college athlete, period, but certainly not on your own games, and the NFL guys know better too. It is amazing to me how these guys just basically flew in the face of all convention. It's quite remarkable to me. I, I think Sean, I, Sean Payton said it best the other day. They're not doing a good enough job of educating these guys. I mean, yeah. they know they're not supposed to gamble on their own games. I'm, I'm not Pete Rose, s- yeah. anyone? Well, who is Pete Rose to someone that's 21 years old right now? Yeah, okay, uh, yeah I was going to say the same thing. Like, here's the thing. And I agree with you. I agree with, with Coach. I agree with Sean Payton. Like, they aren't doing as good a job. They Like, what I was talking like, they, and the problem is the water is so muddy right now. Mm-hmm. When it comes to daily fantasy, when listen, I used to work for Sinclair like full time, and Sinclair, guess what? They let Bally, the uh, gambling organization, sponsor their station. Mm-hmm. Uh, they run Sinclair. They run um, BetMGM on their you know BetQL Daily, and we see shows that are done by 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 Daily Fantasy all over the place. And so it's one of those things where in 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 your world, like they're like, yeah, it's legalized sports betting. You can gamble illegally in America. It's okay, and I, I kind of run this parallel to uh, the THC situation, the, the cannabis situation, where you're looking at, like, well, why can't I do it? If everybody else gets to do it, why can't I do it? And I, mm-hmm. I think you've got to do better education in terms of what they can't. Because here's the key. you got to let people know what they can bet on, what they can't bet on, what's going to destroy their career if they bet on, which is their own team, their own school. And then you have to, you do need to let them know what they are allowed to do. Right. Because these are not just individuals operating in a small society that is their team. These are individuals that are operating in a larger society now where they, they are, they're a part of society. Like they, this is, it's way different than 10, 15, obviously 20 years ago where those were best placed with the bookie and you got to worry about a guy coming by to break the knee and this whole deal. Now this is about, Oh, I'm on my phone. My friend over here, my friend in my same frat, he's doing this. Why can't I do this? Right. Or if I'm going to do it, I need to do it this way. I need to do it with that guy. And it's just a very different world. Like, it's, it, this isn't the gambling. Like, the issues for gambling 
before are not the same as the issues for now. Before we were worried about point shaving, right? Mm-hmm. We were worried about the mob. We were worried about all these mm. things taking place, guys getting hurt. And now what we're looking at, it, it, like, like this isn't Tim Dine. What we're looking at now are guys just like placing like 300 and something back. Come on. Like, right. that's not. No. That's not running up to your bookie and putting, you know, let me get 100 on this, 100 on that. That's like, oh, man, I got five bucks to get me five, three dollars because I want to parlay the other day on the on the Knicks, the, the Knicks, the, the Knicks, the Nuggets and the Mavericks. This is like, like, that's what this is for them. It's just numbers in a screen. Like, it's not yeah. the same as going to some guy down at the dock. No doubt. And giving him all the look of cash. Yeah, I saw one of the wrestlers that got busted in this thing bet 45 grand. I mean, it's a significant amount of money for a college guy, especially guys that doesn't yeah. have a lot of NIL money coming yeah. in. Even, I mean, Iowa State Wrestling is probably doing about as well as anybody, but... I'm guessing he doesn't have piles and piles of it. So, Quick question. What's the downside if they said, look, fine, you NFL guys can bet. You can only bet on your team your team to win. Yeah. Then they got more I incentive mean, to win. Yeah. Well, I, I actually I will tell you this. I had college buddies, Michael, who did have a bookie, who did bet on themselves during football games in college. So sure. it certainly has happened a lot. We just don't know about it because it's not all tracked online like it is when you go through DraftKings or other sites. There you go. So. That's the you're, you hit the nail on the head, and I, listen, I, same thing for me. And I, like I, I, I know, I know guys like on and off, like on. Like I have teammates that I know that gambled on us, but I also have frat brothers that they gave the money to to go to the boogie with to bet on mm-hmm. us. So it's, and they also have frat brothers that that were like, so is he going to go this? So they have that in, that extra inside sure. information as well that most people don't get. So yeah, quarterbacks you, hurt, you bet against us. Yep, you bet. You got to make hard and fast rules, and the rules have to be enforceable. But what we're seeing is a different type of gambling. We're seeing a different form. It's manifesting. The manifestation that we're seeing right now is something that there are no guardrails for. There are no rules for right now. It's a matter of are you dumb enough to get caught? Right. And how can they catch you? That's the question that I keep asking. How do these guys get caught? Right. Because are they using their regular phone? (laughs) Are they using their regular name and email? Yeah, well, they're like tracking what? it for sure by okay. IP, you would think. But um, Decker's going to fight it, apparently. So we're I, this. It's not going to be quite like the O'Bannon case, but it's going to be one that people will keep an eye this on for sure. We'll deal. see. Yep. All right, we got to run, Michael. Great stuff. I appreciate you. I know you're grinding now. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. You guys take it easy. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Good discussion with Michael today.